Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast, which is now the weekly podcast in which we analyze Wonder Woman five minutes by five minutes. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. Uh, you can find me on all social media as well at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Johnny. You can find me pretty much anywhere through Austin Powers Minute. And I'm Julia. You can find me anywhere at the Mad Max Minute. All righty. Thank you for joining us, Julia, for this week. Um, and as you just mentioned, you're on Mad Max Minute, which is a pretty substantial podcast in general, not just by the minutes, movies by minutes community, but you guys have made quite the name for yourselves covering uh, all those wonderful Georgia, George Miller films. Uh, so we thought it'd be perfect to have you on for this week. Well, thank you. That's very flattering to hear that <laughs> we've made our mark in more than just our own community. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we're we getting all the, you know, we're, uh, uh, I guess, like, in consideration for, like, Wonder Woman Minute, we wanted to get all these great guests on. We thought, like, um, this speech battle that we're going to be talking about, which is how this minute starts and then the minutes are going to end with the interrogation oh of gosh. steve trevor <laughs> did you give her sand minutes because of mad max no no <laughs> yes no, no. you did no i d- not sand Dude. minutes not sand minutes action sequence you gave her sand min- minutes i would not give her sand you gave her this, sand minutes. He, he's he's looking at me like i can do anything he's like what i really <laughs> didn't i really minutes? didn't mean to do the sand minutes <laughs> it's okay we usually get the action minutes or the sex scenes so there you go. I'm grateful you didn't give me the sex scene. I didn't. That, that wouldn't even have been a thought. I wouldn't even been like Mad Max to get the <laughs> sex minutes. Well, Rick and I get invited to do sex scenes a lot because we're married. Oh, that makes sense. And, you know, we're super duper comfortable with sex. <laughs> I don't even know how to comment that one. That's a that's a can you imagine being like, hey. We know you guys are obviously have sex. Do you guys want to talk about it? Like, no. What? Who <laughs> asked that kind of question? Um, no. Well, I, there was, you know, we have a lot of badassery happening in these minutes. And I was like, you guys are familiar with that. And it's also, it's Wonder Woman. So I felt like it was the perfect Venn diagram. Uh, I don't have to explain myself. I thought they were cool. Julie, do you think these minutes are cool? Or am I wasting my time here? <laughs> no, I really like these minutes. I like that I got both action and a little bit of funniness. Perfect. With the interrogation scene. Exactly. It was a very nice mix. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Overall, though, outside these five minutes, uh, what are your thoughts on this film? And, you know, just tell us a little bit about maybe any any thoughts on Wonder Woman in general. So give you the floor here. I will confess that I had to make two attempts to watch the movie. I watched it a few months back, and I I had to stop watching at the makeover scene because it, it really – I didn't like it. Like, really, really didn't like it. Um, so I stopped watching it at that, at that scene. So I'm grateful coming on here, I actually sat down and watched the whole thing. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would once I got past the makeover scene and how gross and icky it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. No, you're totally fine. But it's a, I mean, that's something I was kind of uh, not asking for, uh, but like something I was kind of hoping that we had a, a discussion like we do with the rest of our films, like Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad. When we invite guests on, it, we 
would rather have people with differing opinions than having every guest come on and being like, oh my God, I love this film. This film's amazing. It's my favorite film of all time. I just can't stop talking about how much I love this particular part. Um, Because then it wouldn't matter about having the different guests and the different opinions. Then it just becomes like the same stuff that we got to talk about over and over again. So something that we really love to have on this podcast is people with different um, takes on, on this film. And just because it's finally the first female superhero film out there, it doesn't mean that everyone has to just eat it up and be like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's like we should be allowed to critique it when we need to critique it because otherwise how do we grow as uh, people in general, I guess. So I'm glad you said that. But, like, um, there are, you know, Wonder Woman in general has had a history of, uh, I guess, bending to the male audience too, even though this film is supposed to be empowering for everyone, right? Yes, and I think it is empowering to everybody. And while I did find that scene icky, I also recognize that we can't fix every single problem in media with one movie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, we are what we are. Society is what it is. And we can only do our best. Exactly. Cool. Well, uh, to get started, we're going we're gonna to be uh, jumping back into this beach battle scene. We're going to have plenty of German soldiers on the beach, plenty of Amazons fighting. Um, and here comes Antiope on horseback. This is like uh, one, of the more, one of the more iconic action shots uh, in this film is where you have um Antiope writing in and also the younger sister Menelipe who we talked about earlier um in like their like Wonder Woman um not Wonder Woman Amazon like the the armor that we were talking about in, in last week um and like overall as an action piece I think the, capturing what Patty Jenkins wanted to do I'm very impressed with it all like Sure, there might be some things as far as like, oh, we've seen better action in other films. But I think my overall take is, um, and looking through the storyboards and all that, that Patty Jenkins had this in mind. She wanted this beach battle to to happen in this particular way. And I think she said it took like maybe 14 different layers of effects as far as like shooting real action, CGI work, um, different shots of the beach and other like crane type shots and and putting all this together about 14 different layers i gotta say i'm pretty pretty uh like excited about watching this scene especially the first time um but yeah just i love it but what uh, what did you guys think about this whole beach battle it's like oh no go for it johnny (laughs) it's really impactful for like just seeing a bunch of women like super strong and powerful like riding in like fiercely there's no hesitation there they're just going in to protect what they have to protect um and they're not waiting for somebody to protect them they're doing it for themselves which is wonderful (laughs) yeah the upsetting part is just that everybody just like um i mean the upsetting part is that war is just universal with you know everybody so like yeah the Germans just, you know, they're following a plane that goes down. They hit land and immediately start just running onto the beach and guns blazing. And, I mean, the Amazons are doing what they're doing is they're protecting their, you know, home and whatever. But, like, it's just, 
like how instantly it just turns into like um for like the Germans from the German point of point of view it's just like another fight in this war it's like oh this is just another battle it's like oh man that's not supposed to happen this was this was just supposed to be like a one thing that di- that didn't that wasn't supposed to happen you know what i mean um so it's just like upsetting that um you know the amazons are just forced into just a you know just a fight right here on their doorstep beach step uh sand step beach step yeah <laughs> um their lake house step th- i will point out though um very impressive uh, all of these uh amazons every everything out of it the strategy the i mean in the beginning with the horses riding up in the in the v formation like uh it's just every strategic thing like hand uh, combat you know hand combat sword combat or whatever that you're that these that they're doing um they're fighting against you know guns and projectiles and stuff that's it's insane and they're on horseback and they're just handing it to these guys Mm -hmm. it's it's it's, uh very impressive yeah absolutely julia any takeaways from the beach battle at first i think my my first impression kind of jumping off what johnny was talking about is that they don't hesitate they just ride in in all of their Amazonian glory. And especially they don't hesitate when they don't recognize the weapons that are being used against them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. make any difference to them what the weapons are. They are bringing a knife to a gunfight, and it does not matter. Yeah, absolutely. And like yeah. we talked about uh, last week um, is the fact that these Amazons, given their history fighting not only other gods but other aliens from different planets, they're used to being the underdog in fights and stuff. And and they know man is supposed to be lesser than them. But now man has caught up with like this advanced technology, which is really the whole point of or the the biggest takeaway from World War One is that there was this war that had this advanced race for better technology to use in warfare. And that's like what men are bringing here to Themyscira. And so, yes, they are. Um, they now realize that men are posing a threat greater than they thought. Because before they were like, "All right, you guys want to be like total criminals? That's fine. But you're not. You're going to be far away from us. You'll never see us, and you're just going to be out of our out of our minds." But now men is here, and they're like, "Hey, we have guns and bullets." And they're like, "Okay, now you really got to get off our beach." And so here they are, um, striding in these powerful women in armor, but uh, you, Nate, you pointed out some tactics that they were doing. And the first one that we see here is, um, I don't think it's Menelipe, but I think it's just another um, like Royal Guard of Queen Apolita. And they do this like spear sand trick that like blinds most of the German soldiers. Yeah. And what I like is then Artemis comes through that. Like you can't see the other soldiers through the sand and Artemis shows up, which is a terrifying shot. Like that, this woman she hits a soldier so hard that there's like a little bit of a shake within the within the axe swing, and it's like, yeah, you really hit that guy. Like it's a PG-13 film, so you can't have like any true like uh, wounds showing or anything. But that's like, yeah, that looked like it hurt, like chopping through a tree or something. Uh, yeah, it's uh, all of the all of the um, I mean, all the strategy, I guess, just comes from 
you know, hundreds of years of fighting and, and preparation, stuff like that. Do you think the Germans uh, <laughs> in a beach ground war like this had like any any chance at all? Uh, absolutely not. Right. There's no. I mean, it's hard to believe that anybody could stand a chance against uh, Amazon's w- on their, you know, on Themyscira, regardless. But I mean, I'm pretty sure they just think of them as like savages on some island, right? Because that's like what World War those two World Wars were like, right? Wasn't it just like it was more of a numbers game than it was, well, advanced technology and also just so many bodies. Literally, technology was the only advantage, right? So like. That's the only advantage the Germans had in this case was the fact that there were guns and bullets. That's it. If they would have come up with like weapons, they wouldn't have even made it to the beach. Mm -hmm. They sent like a hundred people to chase one guy and then ran into like this advanced army on a beach thinking that they, they might just be like some bow and arrow like savages on some island. But that's they're obviously dealing with something more mythical um and um i I guess what's great is there's a lot i think um there's a shot of one of the amazons that does like they get hurt while on the horse so they have to do a flip to kind of like break their fall a bit and so yes they fall on their back but they're they're doing that in a way that like helps them almost like tumbling i guess in a way that like helps them and and like what's cool about stunts like these are we saw this in the beginning of the movie with the amazon's training and stuff like that they're doing all these cool stunts and we're like watching it but this is like the payoff where you then get to see those amazons doing those in battle because they've been training their whole lives for this and then this is this is the part where you get to see it happen um so, so yeah, it's pretty cool that you get to see all this payoff. Um, so let me skip in here. Let me see who else joins the fight here. Um, it looks like the first notable... Oh, um, Yuboa, that's one. Yuboa, played by Samantha Joe. She's the one throwing the knives. She jumps off the horse. She does that spin. She throws, like, three knives and hits those three soldiers. She did that in the beginning of the film. Um, uh, yeah, on the on the things. Yeah, training area, and she's one of those like lead uh, stunt performers who usually fills in for um, some of the bigger cast members. I think I don't know if she did stunt work for uh, Gal in Wonder Woman, but she normally does it for. Um, she did it for Feyora and Man of Steel, and she also worked on um, Injustice League and stuff like that. So it's cool to see people like that. Just like when they hire these stunt performers to be Amazons, they're like. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that and like the action scenes and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. I have a quick tie into Mad Max. Um, on Wonder Woman 2, the the stunt woman who doubles for Charlie Theron in, um, in Fury Road and also one of the other movies she's in that I can't remember, but she's doubled for Charlie's twice. She worked on Wonder Woman 2 to such a degree that similar to this woman with the knives they just put her in the movie yeah so yeah dana grant um i looked her up she did not do wonder woman the first wonder woman um but she's in the second one hmm but she she did the work for charlie's theron and and fury road yeah oh cool And, and they just like made her a character in fury road yeah oh no they made her a character in the second wonder woman movie 
Oh, okay. okay. So I have to keep an eye out for her. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the next one that we're going to see here, um, Menelipa, she does like that spear stab and then she like Throws drags. Him. Yeah, she like yeah. whips him around. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy shot. I love I love that pose almost. It's almost like, almost kind of like poetic, but like, um, like graceful. Like you're not only are you killing a German soldier and like doing it in like this kind of like battle hardened way, but it's like almost graceful and like uh, almost like a dance. Like you stab him and then ride the momentum. I will say, I feel like it's not that it's one is better or one is worse, but I feel like this is a far more graceful choreographed fight than maybe a Mad Max fight. Yes. I feel like it's more gritty to Mad Max, so. Yeah, Mad Max fights, they're a little dirty. Nobody's playing fair. There are no <laughs> rules of war. There are no uh, good guys and bad guys. They're all just out for themselves. So, yeah, there's a lot of dirty tactics. This war on the beach, there are clear rules of war. There are clear good guys and there are clear bad guys. And... It allows for, yeah, these graceful moves that have been practiced over and over and over again. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's 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 what I like about this um, beach battle is that not only does it like kind of move the plot where it's like, okay, very important character dies in the heat of battle, which is we'll get to it, but like, there's something I think in storytelling where they show Diana get hurt. Like she gets shot across the arm and, or is a Bayonetta. Um, and she gets cut across the arm and that lets you know as a viewer, like, Hey, she can be wounded. She just because she's a God, it's not like she's going to be bulletproof. It's not like a Superman situation where the bullets are going to bounce off her. She's not going to get hurt. She can get hurt. She can die. There is a, there is a, um, a mortality involved, but she, you know, we'll see later on that she has fast healing abilities. Um, and I think that's important because when we get to Antiope getting fatally shot, it lets you know that you can't just be like, oh, well, why she had to jump in front of the bullet and all that? Like, you try, you try to think that like Wonder Woman is impervious to just men with weapons. And it's like, no, it's, there's real stakes here. Um, there, there are, um, sisters and, and family as far as these Amazons go, cause they've been here together for centuries, um, that there are stakes here. And I think that's what I like the most about this action piece is that it's not just flashy, like, oh, we're doing all the cool stunts and like all these Amazons are badass, Sure. But the fact that they can die too is, I think helps raise like, uh, the threat level a bit. Exactly. Those the rules still are being established. And we can't really move forward with the storyline in any really meaningful way until we understand those rules. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we're dealing with an individual who's not human. So, yeah, we don't really know what's going on. We need to learn and the best way is through seeing her get hurt, seeing her lose people you know, the, the things that really drive it home. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, there's, there's this rush for 
Antiope and, and Queen Hippolyta and Menelipa, all three sisters, they, they really try to make their way over to Diana, Diana as quick as possible because she is out there alone. She's still wearing just training gear. She doesn't have a weapon. Uh, she doesn't know that she herself is a weapon. Um, and they all get their moment to shine as they try to make their way to her. Um, you have Antiope, who is just a complete badass. She's um, just, she like throat punches a dude at one point, which I was like, okay, even without a weapon, Antiope is like no holds barred. She's going in. <laughs> um, and then you you get this uh, amazing like shield part, which I didn't know was going to be brought back like later on in the film. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they made a big big deal of that. And then. I was like, oh, yeah, they call back to it later in the film. It pays off. Hey, I found something out. What? Um, so this the boat that we were talking about last week, this, the boat that sank. Um, mm-hmm. So judging from the uh, the dinghies that are washed or that, that are uh, on the shore here, mm-hmm. uh, the name is uh, Schwaben. And the Schwaben was a German vessel. Um, and I actually went in and looked into it to see what would happen because from what we're seeing in this movie, that thing sank and it sank in like magic waters. So this thing's gone, you know, um, but that's not what happened in real life. Uh, very uninteresting uh, in <laughs> life. Very. Un- it's like a tra- it was just a training ship. Um, and then the war broke out and then it was like stationed in the Baltic uh, area and the North Sea and all that stuff. Just doing things uh and then after the war it was used to sweep for mines so but was it lost or was it like no 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 no. it's like it's it's still it was uh stricken is that what the proper term is for a boat when they just when they they don't decommission it but it's like it's done done you know it's like scuttle is like getting stuck I think stricken is uh, it hit a mine and it's like oh yeah well that did its job it found the mine it got honorably discharged yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying he shot himself in the foot <laughs> <laughs> hurt itself doing its one job yeah. uh, so um, the ship still exists uh, yeah the ship I mean like well no it's it's done it's it's gone it you know it did its job the ship is done now but it did not get like lost or anything like that like it it, it after the war. It was still a ship, and it was sweeping for mines. I guess, yeah. But, but uh, so they don't have the ship anymore. No, but I think at some point um, it was commissioned by the British Navy. So there is a little bit of a connection to uh, Steve Trevor. I think, or yes, something like that. And then I don't know, Treaty of Versailles. Germany needed more. Lost in history now. Yeah. <laughs> they, needed, they, they needed like enough ships to just like have ships. And then they were like, hey, what? Well, um, you got all these ships. Go around in the waters and use them to find mines. I thought Nate was going to say like the, the boat actually was lost and we don't know what happened to it. And then they were like, I thought oh, it. I was like, yeah, it that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Right. But I mean, they made a point to actually find a real boat that I mean, I'm assuming that they're doing it for uh, time and place purposes, mm-hmm. like where that ship would have been stationed and where Themyscira is supposedly located. Which we're convinced is somewhere in like the Mediterranean Sea or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, that well maybe, maybe you can research the the route of that boat and then maybe be like, huh? Then that would mean Themyscira is right here. 
And then we can go see. That's the that's the end of the podcast. We go try <laughs> to find some end up traveling out there. It's like nope, just just an island. Wasted our time here. Although if we went, Nate and I probably just get killed. Yeah, and I'd stay. They'd I'll adopt stay. you into the. What is north of the Baltic Sea? Sweden? Yeah, Sweden. Right? You're telling me Thermoscara is in Sweden? No. So, like, the Baltic Sea, if it was in the Baltic Sea uh, and doing missions to the North Sea, that would still, that's not the Mediterranean. No. (laughs) I don't know. I don't don't know, man. And I'm not the best at geography, nor (laughs) nautical maps. So, you got me. He says, I only listen to sea shanties. I don't get anywhere past that. Yeah, you can't. That's that's it. My, they said, I saw a map that said, monsters be here. And I go said, whoa, whoa, that's too scary. Turn around. Yeah. Um, the other, the the older sister, so we talked about Menelipe, we talked about Antiope, but even the older sister and queen of the Amazons, uh, Queen Hippolyta, has some cool action shots. She um, at least has, a, um, still in her full queen royal attire, is out on the beach fighting German soldiers, and she's got a she got a pretty badass sword. I gotta say, I, I kind of like that. Um, thing. Is one of her turns redundant? Is that yeah. initial turn redundant, or is that like a momentum thing? Because like her, she sticks the landing, um, but she's not like using her like uh, spinning momentum to hit the guys. She just like hits one of the guy's shins or something like that. It's not like she's swinging the sword with the momentum. I'm sorry, I'm picking apart the the cool slow motion part. Are we talking about like when she jumps off the horse? Spin, yeah. spin, spin. She hits it's just two, it's two spins. It's two dudes. Yeah, but then we've she gotta have slashes after one of the spins. She does like a she does like a not a three hundred and sixty. She does two rotations. Seven twenty. Get get uh, your skateboard math out. Are, yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on, I gotta text Tony Hawk. <laughs> The I 720 think, queen spin. I think one of her spins was kind of redundant, but I think she had to do it to... Because uh, she's royalty, you know. Yeah, it's, she's got to do flair. everything with flair. <laughs> no, I think the first time she spun around and had the sword out in front of her, she wasn't close enough to anybody yet. Yeah. She hadn't traveled <laughs> far enough through the air she yet. She miscalculated. So she, she had to oh, do man. another spin to allow yeah. them to get a little bit closer. Uh, hey, I mean, yeah. she can comp- if she can compensate midair like that, hey, props to her. That's right, insane. it's like depth right. perception's not her thing, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Part of me keeps thinking she's, every time I watch it, I'm like, she's going to throw the sword, right? And then she doesn't, and then I'm like, oh, she just hits them. Yeah. But, like, because everyone's throwing stuff. Yuboa's throwing knives. The You know, one person's like, and Tepe does like the shield Three arrow shot, which is probably the most badass thing that happens in this scene. Oh yeah! Um, but Queen, she jumps off. She's swinging, doing two two rotations, and I'm like, so she's gonna throw the sword. And it's gonna like decapitate these dudes or something. And then she comes down. She hits them, hits one in the shin. Dude's like, man, ow, that really hurt. Uh, but then she turns back and kills them. Um, I'm just really impressed she's fighting in all of that like pomp and circumstance of her like robes. Oh, I would yes. fall. I would probably, yeah, I would trip on them. But they, <laughs> they look so, like, cumbersome. Everybody else seems very, 
lithe and flowy and they can really like do what they need to and then she's got this big heavy cloak thing on yeah she's like uh like how jedi have like the big yeah but at least they like kick it off they're like okay it's a fight bam and they like they drop their cloak she was just like no no and they got more i'll still fight like this (laughs) yeah some of them some of them are um a little more agile they they explain like the different costumes for like the different amazons and like for Menelope is one that needs to have like she needs to have um for a lot of the the horseback riders and Teope and Menelope they actually have like leather uh trousers like pants like like to make it um more comfortable and and, and better for them to ride horseback but then also be a little bit more agile um and then you have people like Artemis who because it's Ann Wolf and she's like this MMA boxer, she needs heavier, um, less separated armor, kind of. Like it's, she's more, they described it as like a tortoise kind of design, but she's a little bit more of a tank character. So she's got a little bit more connected armor and it's a little bit more bulkier. Um, and then Queen Hippolyta, you know, given what we've, discovered about her where she is pacifistic she doesn't believe that there's a threat coming she doesn't um that's not pacifism that's denial (laughs) 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 um she doesn't want to believe that a threat is coming um so she's not ready for it uh well we think but she is she is ready well you gotta think about it she's the queen of the amazons you can't be the queen of the amazons and not be a good fighter oh yeah she is the is she not the best fighter? Antiope is. She is. And I told you I there was agree. one. Well, there she's said to be the best fighter of the Amazons is Antiope. And then they had a third. Oh, well, I guess because Menelope is their third sister. They had a fourth yeah. sister who is older, who's not in this film. And they don't mention her talking about her Wonder at all. Woman's sister? Nubia. Nope, nope, I'm not talking about her. Nubia? There's a fourth Amazonian sister i use that term loosely but she was the original amazonian queen that they don't even mention in this film hmm. it, and that's not that's not a wonder woman lore thing that's just a common like greek myth yeah. thing. uh it's like the um the uh, it's uh the bolin sister I, th- I think the other bolin sister <laughs> is that what the movie was i was Anne trying bolin. to find the yeah i was trying to find the joke yeah, or Anne whatever bolin. Couldn't figure out what it was. I have an Artemis question. Isn't mm-hmm. Artemis um, of the Pantheon? Yeah, there's two. There is an actual Artemis god, and then Artemis is, is named after Artemis. God. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the beginning, they clearly say that all the gods are dead. Yeah. And uh, well, okay. Artemis, you also see Artemis uh, god uh, in Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So You see the god one in Justice League fighting with them centuries ago against like the parademons and and the army of apocalypse but no this artemis is named after that and she because she see that's the that's the confusing part because artemis i guess like is the she's supposed she's she's not like an achilles type thing it's not like she is she has like artemis's powers she's just happens to be good with a bow you know or she's like Mm -hmm. the strongest one even though antiope is the strongest one even though Queen Hippolyta is the queen, so she should be the strongest one. Uh, it, they're all strong. 
Sure. By the way, right, they're you, Amazons. You yeah. can do the you can do the uh, triple triple uh, jumping arrow thing in uh, 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 Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like you can you can do that. Yeah, but do you look as cool? Not, I mean, as entirety? no, no. You could, I mean, you, you, no, you no. could, tr- you could, tr- you could do, you could spend an entire life, uh, you know, working out, dieting, d- getting your hair cut all nice, and you will never look half as good as Antiope. She had multiple lifetimes, thousands upon yeah. thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. So to I be mean, that badass. I mean, I don't even think calendars uh, exist to go that far. You know. Mm. It's a P90X, but 90s, 90s centuries. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, I like that. You could, I mean, you could do, uh, if we're going to talk video games, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, you could do, like, some cool some cool archery stuff. And Was like, there a slow motion uh, button you can do when you, like, yeah. zoomed in? And, yeah. and, like, in the air you could do that? I don't remember. Well, not in the air. See, Zelda, you can do it in the air, could, buddy. Oh, no. You could do, you could do slow motion. You could <laughs> ready up, like, up to three arrows. And there's a lot of forging. Horizon is a great game. Go play it. Anyways. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> She's got the hair for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, she would look awesome doing a slow-mo three-arrow up in the air shot. So uh, Patty Jenkins just do a Horizon Zero Dawn film. And I'd watch Can you this. imagine, man? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean. Pacific Rim's a thing. Like, come on. They, could, they we've we've seen giant robots fight. Uh, we have dinosaur movies. You could just put those together and then put an Amazon in there, and we'll be good to go. It's like it's already made. Um, you think the idea of robots and uh, that like that's come across the Jurassic World uh, board yet? Robots in ro- it. Robot dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh man, if I'm calling this right now before this movie comes out, oh, just you like guys a- are gonna look so silly. I'm just imagining like the producers in a room, and I'm sure someone has said something about. It's dinosaurs. like, are we doing the robot raptors yet? No, 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 no. a couple more years. I mean, like every everything nowadays when it comes to blockbuster movies is like, oh, what's hot in technology? What are kids doing? Yeah, uh, dark web, bro. You know, uh-huh. I literally, I just pictured that stumbling, that that. Because all of the like the MIT kids are, uh, yeah, making robotics like animals, and they uh-huh. do they send those videos out on the internet, and they have that like four legged one that like is trying to get its balance, and then you push it over, and it gets really mad. Yeah, that's yeah. only the that's literally gear. the only thing that was popped in my head when you guys were talking oh, about the, that. Was it Boston Dynamics? Di- Boston, Boston Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Metal Gears, man. Um, I mean, those videos are the greatest. They're terrifying. Like, yeah, but then put like um, you know uh, stegosaurus uh, on it, and, the little um, like <laughs> scales or bone. Yeah, and like that's it. That's the new. You got to get get that uh, Colin Trevor. All you got. We got you a job. They they got the videos of those robot dogs like opening doors now. Like yeah, it's like oh, have okay. you seen? Have you seen the oh corridor something? Who takes those videos and then CGI's them all up so that the robots rebel yeah. against the yeah. terrifying. Yes. Uh Corridor Digital, I think, is the YouTube channel that makes those. Well, there's They're also very like impressive. uh there's one that is actually like humanoid like they have carrying things. And what's really yeah. funny is you in Death Stranding, again, let's plug a video game. Mm-hmm. In Death Stranding, mm-hmm. you get to a certain point at which you get like a 
a drone style i guess you get like a, th- a robot to deliver for you and it's literally that robot <laughs> basically oh robot. that's fantastic oh i love that i was like oh my god it's happening it's happening <laughs> yeah at least uh, thank goodness <laughs> yeah and i guess the one good thing is, is that at least the robots aren't destroying our environment so uh no we just do that that's fine yeah so thank our robot overlords eventually um so let's uh let's skip ahead here so i think we're towards the end of the beach battle we get our um we get our dramatic moment here shot heard around the world (laughs) shot heard around the (laughs) island um antiope uh dives in for the bullet to save diana and of course it is the bullet that's going to end up killing antiope um which again we we talked about bullets yesterday but the first bullet uh diana ever saw was the first bullet to, to also kill someone so bullets are a big thing already in like this film um, how how um, impactful they are to Diana, and so when we pun when intended, we, yeah, <laughs> when we see bullets like throughout, you know, this 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 film, and then kind of going into um, just like her her want to be a hero and to protect people, it's because she has seen what these weapons do and like how they take people's lives, and so they killed one Amazon sister, and now they're going to take away her family member, and it's like. It's it's very detrimental, um, and so you can see all these Amazons running after Antiope as she's shot, especially Menelope and Queen Hippolyta, the two other sisters who are now losing one. So it's a big deal, um, and this is like our, our um, Robin Wright's final moments in this film. Um, do you guys have any 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 takeaways or any notes? Uh, f- for f- what what did you just you're wrapping it up already is that what <laughs> no, you no. just said on oh. Antiope's death basically oh. um it's uh it's, what do you think she was speculating in her uh, when she said um god killer was she uh, us knowing the movie uh, which is you know come on we gotta we gotta get past it we know what the we know what's gonna happen so uh, was it supposed to be speculation, or was she trying to just, uh, I mean, was that just last f- things that were going in her mind, Diana and Godkiller? That's, that's, that's kind of where I was leaning towards, because when, I, when I'm watching this, and, and obviously like part of me like as someone who just knows the, the beats of storytelling, it's like, okay, so Antiope is going to, you know, she's going to have some final words and they're going to be something about um, Diana's true uh, gifts or her purpose or something along those lines. Um, but she, she mentions the God killer. And so I was trying to think about it for like this, you know, we're analyzing it in today's, today's episode. And I'm thinking like, okay, so why write about the God killer? We just, it's not, can't just be just to stir the plot along as, as far as like writing I was trying to think, like, what could really make her want to say that as, like, her final words. Um, And I was trying to think, like, does she think that the soldiers here on the beach are caused by Ares? Like, if Ares is out there, Ares is alive, he's, you know, get more powerful over time, eventually he'll find Diana. Like, does she maybe think that these German soldiers who are invading the beach, I mean, she doesn't know, they don't know anything about these guys. They don't know what the war is about. They don't know anything about that they just know that violent people are here and they're men could they just be like 
I, I think that's just it. I think it's just they go directly to Wrath of Ares. Yeah. And so um, I was, maybe that's all they know because I mean the last time they were uh, <laughs> last time anything happened to them uh Ares was kicking everybody's butts and Zeus was like, "Oh, snap. Uh magic hide." <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's exactly what Zeus said. <laughs> well, I think we learn throughout the movie that Diana especially, but I think the the Amazonians in general really don't know humans at all. They they're sworn to protect them they're sworn they're sworn to defeat Ares, but they really have no idea what they're doing mm-hmm. yeah they were like uh they were uh what was it they were like uh, created to like help sway humans to be better people or something and the humans are like how about we enslave you instead and the amazons yeah. were like nope bye and they secluded themselves isolated themselves and they're like yeah we try we don't want any of that um and so, like, for, for, for men to, to find the island, um, because they also don't know that Steve Trevor is, is um, uh, a good person, quote-unquote, quote-unquote mm-hmm. quote so good. It's also, like, what is good and what is bad exactly. in this case. Um, um, and, um, like, Menelope, Menelope says he, they're, he's yes, wearing Yes, I get colors. that the Germans are bad, Nate. No, no, no. I I was <laughs> go- well, I was going to say, I mean, maybe it's... Um, naive but uh, thinking about it as a whole like uh, even not even steve trevor is in that camp i think it's diana versus everybody else i mean diana i think is the all good in this movie and everybody else is just you know on the other side she's like their north star kind of thing yeah yeah the true innocent yeah she's uh what was his name kyle katarn Kalkatarn was more light in that video game. I remember that. Like you could you could do that and it was like, oh, I gotta get the points up to go to Star this Star Wars. Get out of here. I'm done. <laughs> Star Wars video games. <laughs> That's our like uh the, the the pillow you fall back on. You can always land on Star Wars and it's and it's not even it's not even a movie. It's yeah, let me do go back to the video game from Xbox. Um anyway, uh so yeah, Steve Trevor, I don't think is good i don't think he's a i mean i i honestly just think diana is the only good uh character in this film um i don't the amazons yeah would f- fall under her but it's kind of like um yeah multi-level marketing scheme pyramid type thing <laughs> but <laughs> it should trickle well, I down think <laughs> even the amazons have been tainted by war yeah mm-hmm. exactly and that's where yeah. I, my brick wall was it was like ah, oh, but they like jumped to the war right there they didn't even hesitate <laughs> yeah and diana really has no frame of reference for mm-hmm. any of this mm-hmm. yeah i think we talked about that two weeks ago when diana as a little child lily lily aspel the eight-year-old one um She's looking at the sword gleefully. She wants that sword. She, she, all she ever talked about as a kid was like, "Ooh, I want to be trained by uh, Antiope. I want to be. I want to. I want to be like her. I want to. Ooh, I want to get that sword. I want to get that <laughs> sword." And I'm like, and we talked about like, why does she want the sword? That's all like, she knows. And, she, and it's like a kid with like wanting like a lightsaber or something. It's like, oh yeah, I want a lightsaber. It's like you, like you know what that is. You know what that does. And like they mm-hmm. don't. Like and and Diana doesn't know. She was like, "Oh, I want the God Killer sword. It's the God Killer sword." It's like, 
you what does that mean you know you have to use it right and that's like kind of that thing where it's like she is so innocent that she wants to be this great amazon warrior but it's like we have a what do you be the like war is in the name warrior like you have to go at what cost yeah yeah, i also don't think that it's not just that they jumped to the war right away because i think of that in this case of just a protection thing I think the thing that jars me the most is uh, they just turned their back on their duty. And I think that's what inherently makes them not good in this, whatever explanation we're giving is, I guess, Mm -hmm. Diana being good because she doesn't know what she is and isn't turning her back on. So that's almost just like naivety or ignorance. But, but for them, they know what's happening relatively outside their bubble Island, but they're turning their back on their, their God given duty. What's crazy to think about is that um, if we're just even, um, Focusing on the Trinity, as I like to do, just because the three movies just uh, fit so well together. Um, neither of them, either of them, three of them, either of them, no, ne- no, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> none of them. None so of there's them. three of them, none of them. Um, <laughs> uh, by the end of, like, you know, I guess, peak? Eh. I wouldn't even count Justice League, but maybe count Justice League. Um, none of them are actually good. I mean, Diana ends up turning her back <laughs> on her duties, as she does. Bruce mm-hmm. falls so far away from whatever he set out to do. And Superman is cooking breakfast one morning for Lois Lane shirtless. I mean, come on, dude. None of them are actually like uh, what that uh, notion of good is supposed to be. You know, none of them can live up to. What is what is what what is that idea? Uh, Jonathan Kent, oh, b- b- pre-crisis Jonathan Kent idea of a idealistic hero or something. Yeah, the, there's that. The, that's a that's a question or rather a, a debate uh, when it comes to Superman philosophy, um, which you can apply to pretty much anyone, any superhero. But the philosophy is that like crime never stops, and like there's always like something to to there's always right to do out there. Um, are they, are they, does it make them bad people for choosing when to do that? Exactly. Because Superman should be out there 24 seven, like nonstop, like saving people. And he should never have a break. Cause he's always, and doing so good. should Diana. And but I there's mean, a, yeah, yeah, there's a point where they clock out, you know, there's a part where they go, okay, well now it's time to sit at home and have dinner with Lois Lane and, you know, someone in some city is getting mugged and some person, there's a war happening somewhere on the world. And it's like, okay, but do we fault them for when they decide to to clock out and to not do something? And you got Batman who's like, oh, I only go out at night. It's like, what do you mean you only go out at night? (laughs) (laughs) There's 12 Uh, other hours that stuff's happening, dude. What do you mean? (laughs) There's cyber crime happening in the middle of the day. (laughs) Um, I think I take issue with the idea of this divine duty and they were created to do this thing. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it takes away their agency. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to create a being that has the ability to make choices, then you have to allow them to make those choices. Mm -hmm. And the fun part about that is that the character can learn that thing. 
Yes. And so these Amazonians, yeah, they were created to protect humankind and they chose not to or they chose to not right now, but they Mm -hmm. chose to hide themselves away. And I think that choice is valid no matter where it falls on the spectrum of good versus evil, which Mm -hmm. is incredibly subjective anyways. So this this choice that they have made and Diana kind of disagrees with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a that's a really good premise for the movie mm-hmm. because it, it, it allows us to have the conversation about, you know, uh, agency and good versus evil. Yeah, because I, I even think there's um, there's one Amazon who's quick to just be like, oh, we should just kill Steve Trevor, which I think is Vanilia, which is... Um, um, she's listed as just an Amazon warrior, but when we see her in the throne room, she's next to Queen Hippolyta. So I figured she was like a little bit more important. Maybe she's like in the Queen's Guard or whatever. Yeah, like what kind of helmet? I heard did she someone have? called a senator at some point, so I think oh. they have Niobe like, is a representatives. senator. Yeah, which I think is so fascinating. I wish <laughs> I wish right, there was like a, a monarchy little... and a democracy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want to know the politics in Themyscira. That's it's like, fun. So is Great Britain. Yeah. 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 It's like the UK, but it's it seems like the monarchy holds more weight than the Senate in this case or parliament, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I, I love that mm. they, I love that conversation that they have right there on the beach with like Niobe, Artemis, Van- Vanilia and Menelipo it, um Although, you know, like they they want to kill all these people and, you know, Antiope is killed as well. And and then they're like, we, you know, take him back to the palace. We're going to like interrogate him. I, I love that that conversation happens because if it if it didn't, then they these Amazon characters that we meet might remain a little bit more static as, oh, they're just Amazons. Like the fact that they have names, the fact that, that we get to see them talking, exchange the conversations. I like that because that's me enjoying like this expanded universe that has like these old characters that you get to meet and stuff like that. I like that. That's like, again, not to fall back on Star Wars, but like there's a Star Wars fan of me who likes to know that <laughs> that's Sebulba, that's Team Topagalese, that's... Uh, you pause Od- the frame. They're there for 2.5 <laughs> seconds. That's, that's that person. Like that's, yeah. that's, to me, that's like cool that they all have names and they're all really cool and that you get to... When you read into it, you find out that Manelope is like the younger, uh, hot-headed, uh, younger sister who's like, just like, uh, kind of like the more explosive of the three. So I like that. I, I like finding those type of things out. It's like that kind of minutia. Um, but yeah, this is this is how we kind of segue into the 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 big throne room. Uh, it's not a big scene, but it, it, to me, it's yes, it is. You get the lasso. Yeah, yeah. Well, I meant <laughs> I meant big in like the like the the length of it. Like oh, well. like it's the second half of this week, but it's it's this big throne room scene, um, and it's beautiful. This set is absolutely beautiful. I love this thing. Um, this is where we talked about. Um, I think in our second week, where they they said that to demonstrate. The Amazons. They wanted uh, their their rooms and and like their architecture uh-huh. to be to have this openness. Um, and even though there are these pillars that hold it up, that the openness represents a balance between being open but also having structure to be um, 
more gray than black and white with things, which is kind of like how Wonder Woman is. She's not, um, not just angelic or a fierce warrior. She's that in between where she tries to be the best of both worlds. The like the middle between Superman and Batman, as far as like that dichotomy. So that's what this throne room is supposed to represent. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. But um, before we, we jump into it, does anyone else want uh, any hot takes about this this scene with Steve? And I said hot because the last of was Steve hot. Steve Trevor? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was Wait, talking about that. Be- beach or throne room? Which one are you talking about? Throne room. Oh. Uh, Steve, no, Trevor, no, no. Steve Trevor is always hot. Hello? Yeah, we're in the throne room <laughs> talking about okay. everything in this one. Okay, throne room. What are you guys... Um, the the So, like, the throne itself, what do you... Um, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you guys look at that uh, architecture of the of the uh, of the throne? The Trinity conch shell. Uh, a sh- conch shell. You said Trinity, um, Johnny. What do you, Mark? Um, it sounds really weird, but I there was concept art for the Justice League Mortals film, and mm-hmm. I, I always th- I always think about like, and this was before this Wonder Woman film came out, but there was concept arts of what the mascara looked like, and I and. When I see this throne room, I always kind of feel like, I wonder if they took that as influence and were like, hey, we're going to like make that part of it. Um, and so whenever I see the throne room, it reminds me of that film that was never made. And I think about that. Well, what kind of, what did, what did the concept art look like? Look like this throne room. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> it seems so, you said conch shell. So like, um, like very, I guess, oh, see, like I see like a wave, you know, it seems like very oceanic, I guess. Um, I don't. I don't want to say tropical, because um, then like the two other seats are just like stone circles, and that just seems like I. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, a Grecian or a, a what was the other one? Um, Assyrian. Assyrian. Yeah. Um. Do we know who sits on the other two thrones? I assume um, the sisters. I would all. Maybe. I assumed. I would also, I, sorry. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a get, Johnny. Your guess is one hundred percent better than mine. No, uh, probably not. I'm, my assumption would be the leader of the Senate, and then Antiope because she's basically their general. So two other pillars of like a yeah, governmental so, body. Yeah. yeah. Military. I like that because we have Hippolyta in the middle, and she's this this mythical monarch and I, I think that is reflected in that that shell formation slice of a throne and then you have let's say you have the, the head general and the leader of the senate on either side and they're much more down to earth in their nature and in their job description mm-hmm. so their thrones I think reflect that mm-hmm. very solid just like rock yeah yes okay I get minimalistic um yeah it's like yeah uh, I'm also seeing like a tentacle in this throne. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's just yes. like everything, just like sea stuff. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Release the kraken. That's a that's a Grecian thing. I also yeah. really love the light coming from behind the throne. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's just like a a uh, a break in the the rock wall behind them, and like the sunset is coming through. Mm-hmm. But the way the quality of the light makes it look like a lava fall. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, like. Lava, water, like just like a liquid flowing down is what it looks yeah, like. It's which very, is very, very pretty. like formation of the earth, elemental, ancient kind of feel to it. Yeah, 
absolutely like has this beautiful like like obviously it's it's constructed by the amazons but also like nature is part of it and they're like we just use what's already given to us to like make these these establishments um i can't remember the name uh bonetto the production designer the one who was talking about it um this is this is another one of those motifs where she was like i wanted to bring um birth of venus into this like the bonicelli painting um where like amazons come from come from water and so was so was venus so like everything has to have like this nautical like yeah so there's the shell again hippolyta's hippolyta's shell much like uh diana's uh bed Mm -hmm. so it's like almost like queen hippolyta represents venus in this moment of being like Mm -hmm. uh the world one but i but i i i much i like this a lot more i like that because the situation is so much more intense that they are just standing here. They're not sitting down. We're not going to treat this like a overtly, uh, um, a vote on the Senate floor. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I the queen of politics yeah, not they. doing this thing with the chin up and like looking down on like this interrogation. Everyone is just like still in armor. We're They're not even s- on the thrones. Yeah. We're just going to stand right here and interrogate mm-hmm. you right now. Um, I, I like this a lot more. It's a lot more personable. It's a lot more dramatic and, and it's, uh, like it, it separates itself from being like, yeah, normally we would be sitting in our chairs. But right now, this situation is completely. We out. have a man. Yeah. Like this um, is a lot worse right now. So like there are like um, three um, women that are behind everybody that are pretty much uh, cl- like back to the their backs to the chairs. If you go to like three yeah. minutes, 17 mm-hmm. seconds, they're like the, um, they reminded me of those, uh, you know, number three and witches and all that stuff. And Sisters council. of Fate. Yeah, they, Sisters of Fate on the council and whatnot. Like they that. look like oracles. But then like there's. They could be the oracles. A, they could be that how they're standing so close, which is kind of a fun thought. But then there's also like a line of women in front of them that are also in robes that could just be. And these could be like the Senate people. Um, mm-hmm. like you have like the military on the other side and then you have, you know, mm-hmm. the government now on this one. Like actual politicians. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I see there, um, it, it happens very quickly, but it's like about three, I want to say like 350, like you barely see behind Manelope, like people who are not so much in, uh, wearing like armor, but they're actually wearing more so like more fabric type clothing that might mm-hmm. indicate that they're not warriors, that they're just Themyscarian politicians and not Amazon warriors. Um, but yeah, those the, the three in the back that you pointed out first look more different than the rest of them. And so yeah. they, they look a little bit more like oracles than anything else. Well, I mean, <laughs> Themyscira has oracles because in all throughout Wonder Woman comics, like Hippolyta... And even Wonder Woman herself, like Diana, would go to the Oracle mm-hmm. and like speak with them. I thought there was going to be an Oracle scene in this movie because, like, we talked about with like all the Greek mythology films that we've seen before. There's always like an Oracle scene. Mm-hmm. There's always like someone consults the Oracle about it's something. It's the hero consulting the Oracle to make sure they're making the right choice. Yeah, and I thought there Leonidas was Leonidas like, does it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are we going to get like an Oracle scene? And I and surprisingly, we don't. But uh, I thought, yeah. If they're there, then that's that's cool with I'm me. I'm glad that we didn't. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's something like I don't think maybe Diana doesn't at least maybe at this point in her life with where she was still like you know Themyscira was her home. Maybe she didn't need an oracle to give her advice because she has her mother. She had Antiope and everybody else, I guess. Um, But hey, who knows for the future? Yeah. It does seem like a purposeful thumbing of the nose at Joseph Campbell and his hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that's entirely appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, the hero's journeys of history have all been centered around men. Well, this one is not. This is a woman. She is forging her own path. And does she do it perfectly? No. Does she make mistakes? Sure. But she's doing it her way. And that does not include an oracle. Not this time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more important that she doesn't because um, I guess kind of the point is that she, because of her intense love and um, and I don't want to just put it all on her naivety as being like this innocent uh, hero, but it's like because she always wants to do the right thing above anything else that she would be making decisions that nobody would ever consider it's, it's and that's your own the, intuition that yeah, drives you that's the no man's land that when we get to that part of the film and that's the whole point the fact that she steps out there um like the danger isn't it's even more reason why she needs to go out there um and, and it's for that reason that she she makes those decisions so it's it's you can't have an oracle be like hey actually don't do that because uh yeah just don't like we don't need that we are already the ones as the audience going, that looks like a bad idea. And then it's like Wonder Woman to be like, still going to do it. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is where we, we get to see the introduction of the, the most iconic weapon Wonder Woman has ever had. And it's the, the lasso of Hestia, um, which I guess uh, Hestia is the goddess of the hearth and which- peace. So she's uh, one of the three virgin goddesses. She pledged to Zeus that she would be a virgin and said, pure. Absolutely. Absolutely not, Zeus. She's also Don't even think about it. the oldest child of Kronos. She was the first born. Hold on. She's Zeus's sister. But the older than Zeus? Yeah, she's the oldest because yeah. she got eaten first. Zeus is the youngest. Yeah. Well, technically, so if you follow the myth, whoever is the oldest got eaten first. So she got eaten, right? So that's death, right? And then the youngest got born. So you might thinking it after Kronos like regurgitated the kids. He was the firstborn, but maybe it's a guy thing. He was like, I'm the first son. It's like, no, no, no. He was the last born of. Oh, crap. What's her name? You know, his mother. Yeah, but then he was so he was the last one swallowed by Kronos. But then that would make him he was the, the first, first reborn. The first reborn. Yeah. So his mother Gaia. It's, like, it's not Gaia. Space. Is it? it might be. My different name for Gaia, which is Mother Earth. Kronos and Crud. Um, I know this uh, stuff. Universe. Hold on. But anyways, <laughs> I yep, didn't know. We I have Rhea. 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 Yes. Rhea. Um, but yeah, so she technically, because of the rebirth part of it, she mm-hmm. is the youngest, but she is the oldest. She got eaten first. And she is, again, one of the three virgin goddesses. So because she is that like that purity, that's why they're mm-hmm. using her as a truth lasso. 
like her blessing gives the blessing of peace and truth. Yeah. Um, so that, and it's also why it's hot, right? He complains that it's hot. Mm-hmm. So it's the fire of you telling the truth. Yeah. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> I, I, I know that one. Exactly. <laughs> it's, that's how it that's works. A, that's Hestia. That she made that up. <laughs> so it's a little bit of both because sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, the lasso just compels you to speak the truth. Like you touch it and you're just going to start talking the truth. But this sometimes the lasso of Hestia is also like, no, it's just really hot. So you're going to talk regardless. It's just plain torture. Um, I Wait, hang on. No, I think those are I think they both work in tandem. Here, yes, that's the thing. Here in this film, it is both. It is like it compels you to to, to tell the truth, and also it. If wait, hey, is the lasso passively hot, like to a human a mortal person? Somebody trying to lie, yeah. No, if they were in a fight and she was like, "Oh crap, Batman's fallen. Let me hit him with the lasso." Is Batman gonna go? Dang, this is really hot. <laughs> He's just gonna start spilling yes his guts. Because- <laughs> Batman's a super duper liar. He okay. All the time. Oh, God. <laughs> Bad example. Okay. Yeah. No, great example. <laughs> Julia well, was on it first. She was like, hey, that's the one per- that's the I'm person who needs sure it. I'm not sure then that there is a good example because we're all liars on some level. Like, yeah, we all lie about true. stuff all the time. Yeah. Constantly lying. So who I would... did eat the last cookie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so who are, the, who are the only people that can... Diana and uh, Jesus... <laughs> oh my god um wait what clark clark was lying. no hell no no he's a liar too yeah he's a liar he wears glasses shut the heck up <laughs> <laughs> that's his lie he's like wait a minute i've been lying this whole time takes off my glasses like what yeah. <laughs> i'm you- lying i actually have 2020 vision I uh, I don't know. Like, I think superheroes might be poor examples. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, so is Honestly. it just like so? The lasso of Hestia is passively a hot to the touch item. I think you. I think the bearer can, but control. like, uh, yeah. Okay, the bearer can control it. Okay, that makes sense. Because no matter what, if you're touching it, you're, you know, a mortal mankind. You're bad. So it's always going to be hot. That's the understanding. Yeah, well, because it's magic, it, I'm sure you it, it just knows what what is the deal. Because, like, if you... Oh, uh, wait, it, Clark gets wrapped around it in Justice League. It's yeah, magic. It, it's magic. You know... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, it, um, the... Oh, I lost my train of thought, thanks. Um, I'm sorry, but, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, the burst out in song. It was. I was trying to think like the invisibility cloak. I mean, you tell it when to go invisible because otherwise it would just always be invisible and you'd lose it. But when Harry Potter gets it, it's like, oh, it's not invisible. Now it's invisible, and it's like because it's magic, and you're like, hey, I can tell it. No, I thought it was like a reverse, like reverse thing. He gets it. He opens it. it, Yeah, that's a movie thing. That's not real. Okay, but in the book, (laughs) (laughs) it's all not real. Um, I guess the, I, to, the more important thing to me about whether it's passively hot or not is the fact that not only Diana can wield it for its original purpose. Because, uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. forever. Are, like, community weapons. Yeah, community. You just check them out. Yeah. I need the I need the lasso of Hestia really fast for a second. But it's it's the fact that, well, I wouldn't say that just anyone could wield it, but it's anyone who believes 
mm-hmm. because like you can't just give let's let's use him again liar liar pants on fire bruce Jim can't Perry? just pick up batman oh. can't just pick up the lasso of hestia and it will work for him because he doesn't believe in like magic or gods of any type right mm-hmm. but wait no hang on there is a, there is there are times where the lasso does work on uh batman that he can so wield it, it for its purpose what was that julia is it intention like hey i need this to do this thing i need this i need this whip to be hot so that steve rogers will be compelled steve rogers i'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> Is it? You oh, know, it did not even did not even hit. It didn't it's even one, register. It's one Chris actor for Same another Chris difference. actor. So it's, yeah, Chris Pine, Chris this. Evans, you, Steve Rogers, it. Steve Trevor. It, it, that, that's that's gonna. It didn't even didn't even gotta, phase us. I think we did. We already make this. Um, probably it's, it's probably We're gonna just, happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I, intention. I feel like yes, but again, it's intention and also ability and. Belief, yeah. It's willingness to work with you. Yeah. It's a partnership. Because if, if you don't believe in Hestia, Hestia's blessing's not going to come to you. Right. Because there's a lot of times, like, uh, I guess, again, hearkening to uh, video games, DC Online uh, mm-hmm. thing, when if you ever get Wonder Woman, she is actually calling them out as, like, a um, an enchantment almost. So yes. she's, like... She would say, uh, can I have the blessing of insert god or goddess exactly, here? Yeah. Mostly goddesses. Oh, hang on. Yeah. It's not, it can't be passively hot. Aquaman sits on it in Justice League at that one point. He's not like, you know, hot, hot bottom. He's <laughs> just, he's just spat, spatting the truth a little bit. I would disagree. You, well, well, I, maybe, I also maybe he's a and skin. because <laughs> yeah. he's already hot. I think he's got because he's hot already bottom. hot. Okay, he's, he's yeah. got hot bottom. It's fine. Yeah, he's got hot bottom passively, so the it's lasso an just that he doesn't must even. Live with. Yeah, so the lasso just doesn't even affect him uh, temperature wise. So it okay. feels cool to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a refresher. <laughs> what is this a bidet? <laughs> Um, but I, I think that, that, um, that leads us to like one of the cool things we're talking about, like revealing the truth out of people. Um, and, and I feel like this can sometimes be a little bit of, um, uh, overlooked is, is this performance that Chris Pine does as Steve Trevor to, to not reveal that he's a spy. I think it's one of the, the greatest performances of this film is like, what does it mean to be a spy? during the war and, and to try to be compelled to, to be forced, uh, to be forced to tell the truth and, and to be interrogated. Like this is a guy who's probably prepared his whole life to never reveal anything about his mission. And this lasso is like compelling him to do it. And it's like, it almost looks like he's about to like, like regurgitate by how much it's like forcing him to reveal he's a spy. I love that, that restraint that he has as you can kind of hear it trying to, force him to, to speak um and he's like he doesn't want to say it and it's like he has to keep starting his sentence over and over again i th- i think that's a fantastic little bit that he does there um what is i think it's a i, I feel like it's been used before with like a uh, truth telling thing where someone will just you know they scream it out 
it's, it's, I'm a spy. It's just like, dang, all right, I guess like that does you just sound kind of like Austin Powersy. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like I can totally picture Austin Powers in this scene. Yes. Michael Myers, Mike, My- uh, Michael, Michael, Mike, 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 you're you scary. have to like discern between the two. Like, no, Mike Myers is the actor. Michael Myers is the suit is the it's villain. A killer. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but Mike Myers is Steve Trevor. That would have been uh, buck teeth and all. Oh, absolutely. He got the teeth fixed. Okay, <laughs> he did. Yeah. But then we retconned it because we went back in time. That's how this works. Time travel, man. Speaking to the expert over here. On time travel? No, I've, Austin oh, Powers. <laughs> I was like, I've, I've also talked a l- at length about time travel. Yeah. So, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Who's d- who's wielding the lasso uh, right now? Do we see who the... Manelope. Am- Am- Manelope is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, people are just allowed to, I mean, like, you just, like you said, you yeah. can just check check the lasso out and you just need to check it out. I think the quick. only one that you're not allowed to check out is the God Killer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that stays here. Thank you. It, uh, it's but on I mean, what 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 other things? So it's lasso, gauntlets. But Diana's already wearing the gauntlets. The mm-hmm. suit and the tiara. The suit. Yeah. There were, remember that thing we couldn't see what it was in the in that room. Yeah. Like, so it shows up later in the film. Uh, it's a suit. It's a. It's like a belt. It's like a wrestler belt. And I, it, I don't know. We'll have to save it for when we get there. But it's like the cummerbund of some power. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's yeah. Artemis's uh, WWE championship. Yeah, belt. the belt. She yes. won it. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Hand, handed of down strength. to uh, by by what was his name? Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a god. That was good. Oh, he was. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He was. Uh, what was he in the Immortals? He wasn't oh, a god, but he, he wasn't. He got no, the he, was, he got um, the Iperus bow. He was a wielder of the Iperus bow, but wasn't started, a god. He starts was with an H. Uh, he was like guiding uh, Henry Cavill's character. I can't believe you guys brought. Hang that on, one. No, I can't. I can't think of who Mickey Rourke played in that movie. And he was I just like an and old I was man. ready for it. No, when it started I, with an H. It was like Hydrant, Hydrant, Hydra, Hydra. Uh, Hail Hydra. What? No, it's something. <laughs> it's something like that, though. It's something that, that doesn't well, matter. Once you once you guys figure it out, then I'll be upset. I totally forgot about it because I was excited about when that movie was announced that that character mythology was going to be in it. King Hyperion. 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 There you go. That's also a, that's a that's Hyperion is. What is that? A Marvel oh, guy? Yeah, I think something. he's a Marvel. That's Marvel Superman. Yeah, it what? is. What? Or no, yeah. I- Icon is Icon? No, Hyperion is uh, the Superman of Marvel mm-hmm. first, isn't he? Or isn't he like the Apollo version or whatever? Yeah, because they did like uh, an in Marvel like parody of Batman v Superman. It was like Moon Knight v Hyperion or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh wait a minute! I just tried to search it and it came up. King Hyperion Marvel. Oh yeah. Weird. Um but yeah, he he reveals he's a spy and then there's like this sense of regret afterwards he is like spoken about uh he has revealed himself. And I really like that. Um but it's going to get into kind of like why you know, why is he even here? Um and it's going to start this flashback scene. I'm not going to get too much into the character that's introduced at the end. I kind of want to save that for next week, but it Definitely is one of my favorite characters in this entire cinematic universe. I love this character. But anyways, 
here we are in the Ottoman Empire, uh, an Ottoman Empire base uh, in Turkey. And you can see the Turkish flags, obviously. Um, but it is kind of cool to know that, and maybe this helps Nate out, try to triangulate where it's at. I was just thinking that. <laughs> but here we are in Turkey, uh, an Ottoman Empire base. And um, a lot of people don't know... I guess until now, more recently about World War One and like the Ottoman Empire and stuff like that. And, you know, um, we didn't really get, I think not many films cover that except uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, so it is kind of cool to see, not just like see Trevor. Um, it's cool to see the Ottoman Empire featured in a World War One film. That's all I'm trying to say. That's a fictitious one. Well, it's still based in Turkey. No, I mean, like, this movie is fictitious. Oh, yeah. It's not well, like that's a... a whole, we were talking about that last week. It's like the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, we know that one woman's origins start with World War Two, but what if it's World War One instead? And we're like, that's like one of the best decisions they made about this film was that it would be based in World War One. I absolutely love it. I think it looks great. I think that, I don't know, the scene that's coming up, um, we talked... Um, Patty Jenkins has mentioned that this film, three films inspired it. One is uh, Casablanca, uh, and that comes later on in the film. Indiana Jones uh, was the influence for anything with Steve Trevor, which is the scene right here coming up. And then the other one. Beaches. Oh, uh, no, Superman the movie. Oh. Oh. The first Dang. Superman close yeah yeah superman the movie indiana jones uh and casablanca this would be a very different movie if it was inspired by beaches oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is beaches beaches is a movie that makes you cry so hard that it cleanses your soul <laughs> i like that when i when i need my soul cleansed i watch beaches yeah I love those soul cleanse movies. There's mm -hmm. a few of those for me. It's awesome. I've learned that I have to watch Beaches alone. I I got Rick to watch it with me. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Ugly cry. Yes. Yeah. And who, like Rick? I tried. <laughs> Wait, yeah, who that's, Rick? That, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I was assuming. I, I thought you got Rick yeah. to like Rick over there crying his eyes yeah. out. No, I, can't, I, I can't look at that guy. I mean, he just looks terrible when he cries. I just can't. I feel like Rick. It would just was just sitting there going like, "Why am I watching this?" And then yes. you're crying, and you look over, and you're like, "You don't get the privilege of watching this with me ever again. You don't get you know? it." And then, <laughs> yeah, I watched a lot of those movies by myself too because yes. I don't. For one, I don't. I want that soul cleanse by myself. I want that's me time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. That's a solo activity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think uh, we're you know we're gonna get in here and see some you know some dastardly criminal stuff going on here in the Ottoman Empire. Um, to before you know, like we're closing out the doors. Does anyone uh, have any like final thoughts on like what's going on in this scene or anything you guys want to mention that you might have skipped over? Um, the idea, uh, just like the uh, definition for spy, mm -hmm. and what we see is just like him nonchalantly walking <laughs> into a base with just no nothing, no looks, no nothing, no like I mean. 
that's that's it. That's like I mean, like oh, he's a spy. Yeah, he just wears the same clothes and just walks into doors. Got it. We don't need like a whole elaborate uh, James Bond thing going on. Um, which I can see the uh, Indiana Jones um, style of it because it is just you know him walking and going, just like being there doing it and just uh, yeah, I'm Indiana Jones. I'm here. I'm gonna take this thing and. You know, a big rock's gonna fall on me, but my big rock's a plane. <laughs> the, opens the door, it's all snakes making bombs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that mark. That's good. <laughs> and the bombs <laughs> the bombs are like the canned snakes that pop out and they're just putting more snakes in the screwing it. They're all the peanut brittle cans. This is yeah. great. I like this. <laughs> they drop them, they pop mm-hmm. open, and snakes pop out. Oh, yeah. and the, oh yeah. Yeah. And then We're people have something. people have heart attacks. That's how they die. It's not like yeah. a, a Horrible, yeah. horrible poison. It's just like, ah! Oh. They're writing, why did it have to be snakes on the bomb so that they drop them later and they can read yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of that movie that I came home to you watching the other day. What was it? The Overlord? Yes. Oh, yeah. Where they're making like the crazy Nazi science and stuff like that? Yeah, where they make like the super soldier serum. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it reminded you of the Rick and Morty episode where they're all snake The plant. snake people no yes, i did think of that <laughs> that yes while this whole bit was happening sure but the actual this scene it just reminds me of overlord <laughs> yeah that that's good stuff no yeah definitely this scene um here with the ottoman empire that's definitely like one of the like that is like okay patty jenkins wanted to do an indiana jones mm-hmm. homage for steve trevor because even like the color yeah, I was gonna say it just looks. It still looks like an Indiana Jones movie, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, which is kind of weird because Indiana Jones, uh, you know, the two that we got that were present day, I, in a sense, uh, was was World War Two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, different, different, uh, different war, but still same uh, aesthetic and same feel. Did uh, did any did um, did his dad? Fighting World War One? I? I don't know anything about Steve Trevor. No, Indiana Jones' dad. Oh. Um, no, Sean Connery was in uh U five seven one, I think. So he was a submarine. We're just gonna end this show right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that World War Two or was that the Cold War? That might have been how, the Cold yeah, War. How many times did we bring up this movie? I don't. U five seven one. I've only I've, seen it one time in theaters when I was a kid. Yep. And never. And then that's yep. it. <laughs> we uh, we keep bringing this up. I don't know how, I don't know why, but this film keeps being brought up. What film? U5 we need su- more submarine movies. U571. Oh I feel like it's, I probably say the title of that movie, or Nate says the title of that movie, like maybe uh, tw- 20 times a year. I don't I don't get it. And I don't know why he brought it up. But <laughs> <laughs> it just, uh, every time it you comes asked up, if I- Sean Connery fought in World War One in the Indiana Jones universe, and and you I don't s- know, man. The dude was like in uh, the dog's name was Indiana. Like I don't know that. No, that guy did not fight in World War One. He was a like a fanatic treasure hunter. Uh, what was it? Beginning of Last Crusade. The dad was totally uh, absent, pretty much from uh, Junior's. You know. Uh, River Phoenix's escapades on the circus train. Did I get all that right? That was I a lot of words <laughs> strung <laughs> together. Yeah, you did. You yeah, said a lot of words, and I think I, I think I know what you said. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what? Um, 
that other Indiana Jones clone, uh, Uncharted, wh- when does that take place? Um, well, that's a fun thing. The first game, you actually do encounter a uh, Nazi submarine. So there is a bit of a World War II thing happening in the first game. Um, but it's present day, so whatever whatever that oh, was. Oh, it's present day? I thought that was in the past or something. What? Uncharted? No, it's present day. I don't know these things. That's why I ask. Um, all right, cool. That that answers all my questions. But um, Julie, are you excited to see the new movie? What new movie? What the new, movie? new The new Wonder Woman movie. Oh, yes. Yes, I we, am. We, we completely <laughs> stopped talking about Wonder Woman for a long enough time. <laughs> uh, <that laughs> I don't know what you're talking out. about anymore. You're like, which new movie out of all these things the that we talked uh, about? Indiana Jones movie. I was just thinking about <laughs> all the submarine movies I know about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, we, uh, I still feel a little bit guilty about not going to see Wonder Woman in the theater and, like, you know, showing my financial support for a female-centered superhero movie. So I want to make sure and see it in the theater. Woo. Yeah. I think that's what, like, I've been thinking about that lately now when I see movies is is more like... Vote with your money. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, like, I, um, like when I go see a movie, I'm like, oh, I, I want to make sure that I pay to see that movie. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'm like... I'm not going to go see that movie because I don't want to give that movie money. And then it's like, oh, I really want to see that movie. Um, and if I sometimes I feel like if I think it's going to underperform, and I full disclosure, I'm thinking about seeing this Sonic movie because they just they work their butt off to like redo this Sonic in CGI. And I'm like, I feel like I should give you guys some money because you deserve it, <laughs> even though I don't want to go see this movie. But I'm just like, buy the ticket and not show up. Well, I want to see it. I want to see Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think about it this way. Uh, I was kind of, I was excited to see Captain Marvel. To me, I had a very large rant in the car afterwards for that specific female-centric superhero movie. I'll save that for like my own time. But I still want to support female-driven, mm-hmm. like enterprises so yeah i i want hollywood to know that it's worthwhile to take a risk Mm -hmm. even if the movie isn't fantastic Mm -hmm. that it can make money anyways because you know how many crap movies there are i know with men as the leads that make a ton of money anyways yeah well then that's why we searched so hard like when parasite came out I was yeah. like, I have to go see this film. Yeah. I have to go see this film. We're going. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was one of those where we were like, we need to go see this movie. Yeah, because it's not just, uh, I, we're talking about female-centric things here, but it's literally not just that. It's any, any underrepresented group in yes. Hollywood. Yeah. So if it's like foreign films that don't get their, their time of day in the U.S., if it's like a marginalized community – Support. Throw your money at that project. Mm-hmm. And another another good example was um, in the Transformers series. Like all those Transformers films that were coming out, like the first, the the, the major five ones, the Michael uh, Bay ones. Yeah, the Michael Bay ones. Like billion dollar, billion dollar, billion dollar, billion dollar. And then it was like, God, these movies are crap. Why are people supporting it? And then they put out Bumblebee, which was like a really good movie. And we saw it, and I, that was like one of those where I was like, I cried. I was like, this movie, I want to, I want to pay this movie. Like I was like, I want to see it because I want to support it. It's, it's a much more ethical Transformers film. 
I absolutely love it. And it did like 600 million. It was like no one went to go see it because some people are misogynistic and some people also are just burnt out on the films being trash and they don't realize that this one turned things around. But now because it underperformed, it's like they consider going back to like that Bayformers type shtick. Wow. And it's like, oh, why can't you? Why can't you just go support a good film? Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things that I consider when I go see movies now. It's like I feel like I should give the money <laughs> to PSAs. Vote with your money and support uh, marginalized communities or uh, people who don't have representation in media. And second, I know it's expensive, but please buy candy at your local theaters too because that's how they keep going. That's the only way a theater makes money is off their concessions. And that'll wrap things up for today. <laughs> that was a PSA? That was yeah. a real PSA? Yeah, you're welcome. I believe it. Yeah, say no to drugs, say yes to pizza. Um, that's uh, Ninja Turtles for you. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much going to do it for week number five of Wonder Woman. Uh, Julia, thank you for so much for joining us this week. Um, but before we go... Uh, do you want to give us one more shout out of where people can find you and listen to your show and all that good stuff? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun and I'm glad that I was forced to rewatch the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear more of me and my husband, Rick at madmaxminute.com. We reviewed all four of the Mad Max movies one minute at a time. And spoiler alert, we capped off the four seasons with an interview with George Miller himself. Woo! So, yeah, you can find all of that at Mad Max Minute. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I highly recommend you go listen to him. Um, Like, just the fact that you guys, like, you did it. Like, 100% you guys you you went out, you did the thing, and it was amazing. And even George Miller is like ecstatic but about the podcast it. Is yeah. so, the, the podcast is so fun too. Like when I got to record with you guys, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have really loved doing this for the past three years. And Rick has a project coming up. He's going to do RoboCop with a couple oh, of guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have anything coming up, and I'm starting to feel a little bit sad about that. Yeah, but like, um, like um, you deserve a nice podcast vacation. Yes, just we're just holding our breath, waiting for the next movie to come out. <laughs> yeah, like it's the next time you'd be like, oh, I wonder this will be a good one. You can like do that whole like maybe you have a podcast of your own, like like just you know if Rick's gonna do his RoboCop thing. You'd be like set up your own like podcast that you're going to do and like yeah, Kobo Rop <laughs> the Kobo Rop podcast oh my That's gosh you just do one. RoboCop in reverse yeah yeah yes we'll meet like, in the middle <laughs> but uh yeah you guys uh if, if you enjoyed everything you, you're li- uh, listening to you can find us on all I don't know what I was trying to say <laughs> you can us, uh, well, if you are listening you enjoyed everything you heard today why can't Dang. I form a sentence DCEU Minute on all social media, the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute, Listener Society, we could join us, listeners uh, who listen to the show, and people who have guested on the show, you can join us all there uh, to talk about the minutes we talked about today, uh, any minutes you're catching up on, whether it's Man of Steel, DC Cin- uh, Dawn of Justice, or Suicide Squad. 
Um, and if you want to support the show, uh, we encourage you to just tell your friends and family about it. If they love DC superhero uh, podcasts and content like that. And we also have merch on TeePublic slash uh, Too Old Media. You can find stuff like bumper stickers, uh, regular stickers, T-shirts, coffee mugs, all kinds of stuff that we've created. And Johnny? You plugged the merch before you said, give us five stars. Yeah. Five stars really helps. The the five stars really do help. Um, I think just telling your friends about it is, is good enough for me. Okay. But also... I haven't mentioned the Tee Public thing in a while, so I was like, oh, yeah, we also sell merchandise and stuff if you want to help us that way. We don't do the Patreon thing because I feel like uh, why charge you for content when we're already giving it out for free? So I, it's kind of like a platform I don't truly believe in. But if you want to donate, you can also donate to us and buy merchandise. So, yeah, do all that stuff. It really helps us out on the show, helps us keep going, helps us buy more equipment. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week for minutes number 26 through 30 of Wonder Woman.